Welcome back to Three Person Book Club, a podcast dedicated to reading, reviewing, and reacting to YA fantasy. I'm Izzo. And I'm Sarah. And we are your book club. You, of course, are our third book club member. We're so happy to have you. This last two weeks, we read Ninth House by Lee Bardugo. It was so good. It was good. I think you liked it more than I liked it. I'm going to be honest. What? You seemed like you really loved it. And I was just like, there were parts that I liked, but I was like... It was like better than okay, but I didn't think it was amazing. Oh, it was amazing. You're wrong. It was amazing. (laughs) I thought it was just better than okay. I also do want to make an announcement. I am losing my voice, so apologies for sounding like I just hit puberty. Here's the thing. I loved it. And (laughs) I think you liked Salt House more than I did. I did really like Salt House. I wish Salt House would have gotten this this dark. Yeah. There just felt like it felt like too much sometimes. And I had to like... I was reeling. I felt like I couldn't keep up for for a lot of it. It was a lot to keep straight. And I just like kind of totally zoned on the, all the houses. Like I didn't, I was like, whatever. Yeah. See, I was really trying to keep them straight. (laughs) So I think I got. Did you see the guide in the back? Yes, I did. Yeah. I didn't see it till the end. Yeah. Obviously, because it's in the back. (laughs) So I think I got like stuck in trying to like keep all that straight. Because I was like, I think this is, these are going to be important. But I did like the characters. I think she did a really good job with pacing and with making realistic characters and like a realistic world, even though there was so much fantasy to it. Yeah. Well, it's like a really realistic fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. So that... And she went to Yale. Hmm? She went to Yale. Oh, yeah. I saw that too. And I was like, oh, that makes sense why she got it so well. Yeah. And I liked that. But then... I feel like I feel like I read this book and I was like, fuck everybody who goes to Yale. And then I found out she went to Yale and I was like, oh. It made me question, like, did she like going to Yale or was she not? She says that she did. And she was like, I, she based Leafy on um, like a Jewish secret society that's more about like Less about, like, being in a secret society and more about, like, philanthropic stuff and, like, helping people. Oh. Um, yeah, but I'm kind of like, you definitely weren't an Alex Stern. No. So that means that you were, like, just a kid who went to Yale. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, I don't begrudge anybody their Ivy League schools, but at the same time, I kind of do. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely... Like, I don't usually feel bad for people who are like, oh, I went to Yale and my life is hard. I'm like, is it? Went to Yale. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 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 And like, like I mean, how- I'm sure there are people at Yale who have had a hard life. I'm not, obviously, I'm not talking about you. <laughs> yeah. If it doesn't apply to you, move on. <laughs> yeah. I'm talking about like the Blakes, you know? Here's the thing. I wanted to apply to Yale so badly when I was in high school because I really liked Gilmore Girls. I was going to ask it was because it was Rory Gilmore. Yeah, that's the reason I wanted to go to Yale. And I could not even afford the application fee to Yale. I also wanted to apply to Yale because of Gilmore Girls. Because in my... (laughs) Thanks, Gilmore Girls. (laughs) Because in my junior year, I got like really into watching it with my friend. And I was like... I was like, you know what? I'll apply to Yale. There's no way I would have gotten in. And then I saw how expensive it was to apply. And I said, 
look, I'm not going to spend that much money for a solid no that I know I'm going to get. So I'm going to just not do it. I feel like I would have gotten in. I feel like if Rory got in, I would have gotten in. (laughs) I remember a friend of mine applied to NYU, which obviously is not the same thing as Yale. But she applied to NYU. And I remember just like for her essay, she wrote a haiku about Donald Trump. This was like obviously pre-presidency. Yeah. And she got in. But yeah, her her entire essay was a haiku about, oh no, it was two haiku. It was one about Donald Trump and one about Lady Gaga. And then at the end, she said, this is everything I know about people who live in New York. <laughs> and she got in. <laughs> That's incredible, though. So I think that like college admissions is kind of just a roll of the dice. It's got to be, right? Probably. It's, I guess it's just whatever... If you've got enough personality on paper, they're like, all right, yeah, cool. Which is a huge problem for people like me. (laughs) Because (laughs) while I think I have a pretty good personality generally, I have a pretty boring personality on paper. I don't know what I would have studied if I went to Yale. Maybe like, I don't know. I don't know what I would have studied if I went to Yale. Yeah, I don't know what the version of, I don't know what Yale version of me would be, but I don't know if I would like her. If that makes sense, you know? I think I would feel really insecure a lot. Yeah. I would have had, like, major imposter syndrome. Like, I'm not smart enough. But, yeah, I don't think that we would have fit in at Yale. No. Well, we would have been like Alex, except we wouldn't have had a Lethe. No. Or, like, supernatural things to be like, okay. The thing about her, like, seeing ghosts seems like it would be cool, but I hate that she sees them like how they died why don't you um take us through a recap of the book all right so right off the bat we start out is cutting open a person digging through the guts mm-hmm. for stock market information <laughs> that was weird yeah and it, apparently they can only speak in dutch because that's the most secret language <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, I don't know enough about the Dutch language to know if that's true or not, but okay. So that's how the book starts off. And you're in that for like 20 pages. And you're like, what did I just sign up for? So then we start following around Alex Stern. Her real name is Galaxy. She just goes by Alex because Galaxy is a unique name. And she... (laughs) (laughs) She doesn't want to be unique. (laughs) No, she wants to be like everyone else because for too long she was that weird girl so now she's trying to be normal that whole thing with megan i was like god oh my god her like middle school at the butterfly exhibit just like her friendship with megan and how it fell apart yeah i'm just like god cut out my heart i know how can something be literally so unrelatable but emotionally so relatable (laughs) yeah a lot of the book was like too much was happening But the characters and some parts of it were still so real that I was like, oh, God. It made me think that this really happens. Do you think this really happens at Yale? Do you think people really cut people open and dig through their guts for stock information? I was also thinking that. I was like, what if there is a whole underground society at Yale that we don't know about? I mean, those are all real societies at Yale. Right. So, I mean, but they were like, probably just like, oh, we're here for high tea and to be fancy and talk about things. Now I'm like, well, I bet they murdered some people. I bet early on, like early secret society Yale, I bet they were doing Mm -hmm. some murders. What brings you closer to someone than 
um, committing a serious crime and covering it up. What are you talking about? We are very close. We have never murdered anybody. No, we've never murdered anyone. Why did you emphasize murder? (laughs) (laughs) We have never murdered anyone. But I do think maybe early on Yale secret societies, maybe they wanted to see what they could get away with. I mean, probably they did. It's a bunch of, not to reference Gilmore Girls again, but it's a bunch of Logan Huntsburgers. Yeah, it's a bunch of rich And I would guess if, yeah, and I would guess if there were any, they probably, there were probably a lot of sexual assaults. Yeah. I will say that. Yeah. I don't know about murders, but I think probably there were a lot of deaths. Yeah, that's what I was just Just from like reckless behavior. I was going to say, I think there were a lot of like accidental, I don't know, not accidental deaths, I guess. Reckless yeah. endangerment and stuff. Okay, did you finish your recap? No, like we got to. <laughs> so we follow Alex Stern, who is at Yale, and she was chosen to be a part of this ninth secret society at Yale called Leafy House. And their job is to hold the other houses accountable and make sure that they're not doing too much dark magic or that the magic doesn't seep out and hurt bad people. Um, They're like the spooky police. Yeah. Ooh, I like that. They're the spooky police. Yeah. This is basically X-Files, I feel like. That's probably why you liked it so much. Yeah, I love the X-Files. Yeah. (laughs) She's trying to keep her life together at Yale, and she discovers a dead body. Um, Well, the scene of a dead body. She didn't just find the body. She was... Right. Yeah. She sees the crime scene. Yeah, so she goes up to the crime scene, and she starts investigating the murder of this girl named Tara... And along her investigation, she finds out even more deeper and darker secrets about the secret societies and how they all tie into Tara's murder. And there's also Darlington. That's true. Darlington is a part of the spooky police. And I felt like the way that she wrote Darlington was so good. I loved Darlington. Okay, here's a question. Let's just go ahead and jump right in. Okay. So who is your favorite character? And you can't say Mort. Oh, well, Mort wasn't in this one. I think he would have been well accepted at most of the yeah. secret societies. Which one do you think? I feel like... Uh, what secret society is Mort going to be in? I, I wasn't thinking he was in a secret society. I thought that... I was thinking he would be the door knocker at Black Elm. Oh! <gasps> Oh, I love that so much more. I thought that he would be, I thought he was going to be on the front of the tomb at Manuscript. I thought that would be so funny. That would be really funny. (laughs) But I love him at Black Elm too. That's even funnier. Because like he and Darlington are bros, but then like Alex comes around being like, I miss Darlington. I wonder if Darlington's ever coming back. And Mort is like, this is your fault. Would you like a riddle to make you feel better? Okay, so... All right, we got Morton early this time. <laughs> <I know. laughs> he's our running joke. Right, we he's can like... move on with the rest of the podcast. I know, he's like the pineapple in Psych, but he's our pineapple. Oh. <laughs> All right, so who was my favorite character? Yeah. I'm really torn on this because I really did like Alex. Yeah, Alex was awesome. And I didn't... I'm going to be honest, I didn't expect that I would like her because she seemed no. so, I'm not like other girls, I'm a cool girl. Yes. And I was yeah. like, Ugh. Except she was like, all I want is to be like other girls. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God. I get it. Yeah, I get it now. Thank you, Alex. <laughs> okay, we're on the same team. 
I don't know. I did really like Alex. I was constantly rooting for her, but I liked Darlington. Yeah, I loved Darlington. I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna say Alex was my favorite though. Okay, I'm gonna say Darlington was my favorite. Follow. Oh, okay. Yes. Follow up question. Okay. So Alex was your favorite. Darlington was my favorite. If you were anyone in this book, Mm -hmm. who would you be? And not who would you want to be? Who would you actually be? I think it would be Dawes. I was definitely like, I would be Dawes. (laughs) That's my personality. (laughs) Yeah, she kind of is just like, she takes care of other people. She kind of keeps to herself, is not really doing anything. For a while, I was like, I would maybe be um, like Mercy. Because Mercy seemed just like kind of happy-go-lucky, just being a part of Yale. And I was like, but... I didn't go to any parties. I currently don't go to any parties, especially not alone. Well, Mercy only went to one. Well, she went to a, she went to a few. She the one was just the one that we talked about <laughs> that was notable. Oh. But she was like, uh, I thought that's why they wanted to go to Omega Meltdown Overload or whatever Omega Meltdown. Yeah. Um, I thought that's why she wanted to go because she was like, I'm not going to spend my freshman year not partying. We need to go to a party. Oh, well, I thought that was the big one. I thought they had gone to, like, little ones. um, And she was like, no, we're going to go to the big frat party Omega Meltdown. It's weird to me that there are fraternities and secret societies. I'm like... I also thought that. Um, One of the things that I found interesting, it was actually, I laughed when I read it. Um, So, in the book, you find out that Dean Sandow, who is... I guess the main guy for Leafy who works at Yale and kind of oversees Leafy House. Um, He is the one who killed Tara trying to open a nexus for this kind of left behind house. Which one was it? It was like the the one that does weather. Oh, uh, St. Elmo. Yes. So Alex finds out that Dean Sandow killed Tara and Uh is like, I'm going to confront him at the... I'm going to confront him at the president's house and like at this party and let him know exactly all the information I know. And then while she's walking on her way there, she runs into Colin and Kate and he's like, oh yeah, we're going to have this party. And he's acting like everything is normal after all of the terrible stuff that he did to Tara. And Mm -hmm. Alex in her head is like, or like narrating, whatever. It's talking about like, I can't believe you know, Dean Sandow wrote that report and all they're going to get is just a fine when they were part of, like, taking this, uh, ruining this girl's life and they did all these terrible things. And I was like, Alex, girl, what do you think he put in that report? He murdered her. <laughs> That's a good point. And she, because I was thinking, well, she doesn't know that, but she does. At that point, she does know. Yeah. And I was like, okay, Alex. <laughs> She's dumb sometimes. She is. Sometimes I think that she really does want to believe the best in people. And so I think Mm -hmm. part of her was still like, well, he would still hold them accountable. But no, she he murdered. He murdered her. He murdered Tara. And and he set up that hell demon thing to eat Darlington. Yes. And then... When, because cause Sandow obviously during the ritual, like, discovered that um, Darlington was the demon hell beast, whatever thing yeah. that almost came into the circle. And then banished him from Black Elm. Oh, and I was, I was so mad. As soon as that happened, 
I put a purple tab. I was like, that's suspicious. I did not trust Dean Sandow. I did not believe that. No. So two things. Actually, three things. I feel like the three big twists in the book mm-hmm. are that Dean Sandow killed Tara mm-hmm. and compelled Blake. What was his name? Bruce? Blake. Blake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that was one twist. That's true. Bell bomb being a wheel walker and eating a bunch of people's souls was another twist. Yeah, to open all the nexus nexi. Yeah, and then Darlington possibly being a demon was the third twist. Yeah, him still being alive. <clears throat> yes. I just well, I didn't, sort of. Yeah, I didn't believe that he was dead even after that thing after the ritual. Yeah, I didn't believe he was dead. And so. That's what I was going to say. I guessed all three of those twists, not the particulars. I will say that. Yeah. It was still, it was still a fun ride, but I knew immediately when Sandow was like, stand down or whatever he said. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, he killed her or had something to do with her death. And then as soon as Bellbomb was like, come into my office, there are lots of plants. I'll give you a job over the summer. I was like, she going to be evil. Mm-hmm. And then when Darlington, when we found out Darlington was, like, missing and we were going to try to bring him back, I was like, he's gone. But not dead. But, like, they're, I was like, they're not going to be able to bring him back, but he's not dead. See, I thought they were going to bring him back, but he wasn't going to have his memory. Oh. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Because... Part of why Alex was scared to bring him back was because he discovered the truth that she let Helly in to kill all those people. Yeah, but I don't know why she thinks that that's like a bad thing or something that could be like used against her because like, yeah, I, I'm just like, it's so weird. Like who would even, you know? <clears throat> well, I guess because she was like, murder is bad, which like, yeah, it is obviously murder is bad. But in this world. Well, yeah. In this world, I don't know. It doesn't seem that bad. Like, they are bad guys. Good segue, though, because now we know Darlington is a murderer. Everyone is a murderer in Lethe House because Dawes murdered Blake in self-defense. Oh, yeah. Good point. And I have a theory about who... Tara and is now dead, so... Killed a bunch of people. Um, I actually have... Uh, a question or a theory. Okay. A question, then a theory. Mm. Who do you think Darlington murdered? I think he killed his grandfather. Yeah, right? I mean, it's like so obvious. Yeah, he killed his grandfather um, because his grandfather was like, they're keeping me alive to bleed me for money. Yeah, so he just like, I don't know, unplugs him or something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know if he unplugged him. I think he put something in it so that he wouldn't be in the house when the grandfather died. Because he said he wasn't there, remember? Possibly. Yeah, you're right. So I think he did, like, some sort of alibi. You know what one of my big question marks is here? Mm. Why could the kids see the roller coaster? Okay, I also wondered that. I thought we were going to come back to the roller coaster. Yeah, but we did as like a metaphor, but like never as like, but really had this kid see a, a roller yeah. coaster. And I mean, like, I guess because it was destroyed by a storm, it was like, it was like a dead place. But so every building that's ever been demolished has a ghost building. 
I know. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. I know that. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I just want it explained to me. I feel like that's a loose end that's probably going to get tied up. I wonder Obviously, if, Darlington. I wonder if Darlington is going to bring what's-her-face there, Alex, and see if she can see the roller coaster. Oh, yeah. That would be... I think that he should do that. Mm-hmm. Darlington is a demon, though. Like, the hell beast thing that they were like, that was a hell beast. And they were like, that's what ate Darlington. The thing that ate Darlington's dead because... Darlington won. Right, exactly. So that means that that was Darlington. Yeah. And also, I thought that the gentleman demon part was like, I was like, that's kind of lame. I know. I thought that the, I don't remember what the line was, but like the Jean Dumont or something. I thought it was like, ooh, okay, what are we doing with that? Yeah, I was like, whose name is that? Like, Like, yeah. No, that was, that was sort of a lame payoff for that. Um, But I was kind of like, I bet he's calling himself that. I mean, yeah, they may be afraid of him and like they're whispering about like gentleman demon or whatever, but he's definitely like, he's like the kid who shows up at school and like gives himself a weird nickname and everyone's like, why is he calling himself that? I feel like that's what everybody's doing in like the afterlife. (laughs) I love that idea, actually. (laughs) No, I mean like he, I think he calls himself gentleman demon. Oh no. (laughs) I know. I think everybody's kind of like, does he really call himself that? (laughs) Oh, I thought he was kind of weird. John Dumont. I was like, yes, Darlington, you gave yourself a cool name. John Dumont sounds more dangerous than <laughs> Darlington. John Dumont sounds dangerous? In what way? That he's going to commit a white collar crime? <laughs> yes. Oh. <laughs> Darlington follows the rules. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Darlington's in the afterlife or in like whatever, in hell, I guess, going like, well, Darlington follows the rules. I'm a gentleman demon. And everyone's like, God. <laughs> this new demon's a fucking nerd, guys. Can we send him back? That, he's so That's what lit. she's hearing. Oh. She's not hearing John Dumont. She's hearing send him back. <laughs> do you think that she... No. I was going to ask you, do you think that she was sleeping with Hallie? Helly? But I don't think she was. I don't think she was either. And when she says I loved her, I'm like, did she love her in a romantic way? Or did she love her in a way of like, I love this person because they accept me. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. Part of me feels like it was both. That's what Alex needs. I think there's been like a plethora of people who are willing to or who are like, yeah, not hesitant to be in like romantic relationships with her, but she obviously does not have very many friends. No. So I think like, like the friendship type of love, I think that that is actually like, just based on the book is more valuable to her than romantic love. Mm -hmm. And so whether she was in love with Helly or not, I think it doesn't, that doesn't really add anything. I think what does add something, just like with Darlington, like, does it really matter that they slept together or not? Like, I don't even really care about that question. Darlington and Helly and I think now Dawes, mm-hmm. like, they're all people who provide this, like, friendship type of love for her that is, like, what she's never had and what she's craving. Yeah. And I think Mercy on some level, too. Yeah. Because... um. I mean, Mercy called her mom. 
and brought her mom to Hutch and was like, I haven't heard from Alex in two weeks. So while I was reading this book, do you remember last episode, there was someone, I think it was on Goodreads, who asked if they thought Salt House would make a good uh, TV show. And we were like, Mm -hmm. no, but it would be a pretty good movie. Uh Uh-huh. This one would be a really good TV show. Then have I got good news for you. Is it going to be a TV show? Yeah. Wow. Damn. All of her her books have been picked up for TV shows. I know. She's writing the second. She's writing the sequel to Ninth House and the first season of the TV show as we speak. Wow. How about a good Goodreads question? This one is like so funny, but it's not related to the book at all, which is kind of funny. That's spot on for Goodreads, I feel like. Are you ready? Yeah. Rachel says, Philly people, what does 24-hour Wawa Mini Mart with a Taco Bell counter mean? (laughs) (laughs) Was that in the book? (laughs) When was she in Philadelphia? I don't know. I don't know. Um, She's in New Haven in L.A. Um, so, but Shannon was nice enough to answer and said, so Wawa is a convenience store similar to 7-Eleven, but better. And you know mm-hmm. how some convenience stores have a coffee shop like Dunkin' Donuts inside? So it's basically a convenience store gas station with a 24-hour Taco Bell inside, like those little mini Taco Bells that are in the food court at the mall. And Rachel replied. Wow. Yes. And Rachel said, I literally go into Wawa every day, but there's not a Taco Bell. <laughs> okay. Well. Why is this conversation happening on the Goodreads page for Ninth House? <laughs> I'm just, you know, not every Wawa is going to have the Taco Bell, Rachel. <laughs> that's, that's true. No, them have them. Um, let me see if I can find a question that actually has to do with the book. Yeah, I would love that. <clears throat> I really want to make a shirt that says, I read this book. Fuck you. I want that shirt. I want it so bad. I also want a shirt that says no more dead hobos. <laughs> yeah. I want a Lethe shirt. Like with the logo, I found it online. Okay. I think I've got one. Okay. I'm ready. James asks, what is the nature of the occult activities? Is it ghosts? I'm not all that fond of books featuring ghosts, demons, etc., and would appreciate if anyone has read it could enlighten me on the topic of occult as it can cover a a wide range of things from vampires to fairies. Wow. Okay. So, James, yes to ghosts, no to fairies. Yes to demons. No to vampires. I don't think you'll like this book, James. Sammy says, Sammy answered and said, they tamper with forbidden magic. They raise the the dead and sometimes they prey on the living. Okay. That's literally in the summary, Sammy. (laughs) Sammy, you took the end line of the summary. (laughs) Sammy. Although I will call nay to that because the other secret societies were not murdering people. It was just Sandow and Bedlam. The only reason Skull and Bones weren't murdering people is because they couldn't. (laughs) They were doing, they, they were the most dangerous, I would say in one of the secret societies, which one would you want to be in? 
So before I answer that question, I have a question for you. And my question is, can you name all eight of the ancient eight? <laughs> no, I can't, but I'll try. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> all right. We've got Skull and Bones. Uh-huh. This is the, the eight houses of the veil. Skull and Bones. Scroll and Key. Uh-huh. Manuscript. That's true. That's one. Um, St. Elmo's counts as a lesser one, right? It's not in the eight. No, no, it, it, it counts in the eight, but it's one of the lesser. Okay. So there are five main houses and three lesser houses. Um, oh, there's the one, Wolf's Head. Mm-hmm. Oh, is it, it's got, is it, it starts with book. <laughs> it's a book and something. Book and lock? No, that's scroll and key. Uh. <laughs> Book and lock. <laughs> Best well, friend. It actually doesn't sound so much better than what it actually is. <laughs> oh man, I got three more. Yeah. Can I have a hint? No. It's in the book. That's your hint. You read about it already. Okay. Well, I don't remember that. Uh, okay, I'll give you a hint. It's one of Alex's tattoos. Book and snake. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Which, Book and Snake. Which sounds like, I feel like Book and Snake is like, they were like, what do you want to be called? And they panicked. Yeah. They were like, ah, uh, uh Book and Snake. Yeah. Spooky. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. Dark Academia. <laughs> All right. I got two more. Scroll and Key, I feel like they just looked at what was in the room and they were like, uh, first two objects <laughs> I see, um, scroll and key. <laughs> Nailed it. Okay, I got two more. I feel like she didn't go to all eight. Well, they talked about them anyway. I don't know the last two. Berzelius. Oh, oh, and Aurelius. Ar- Ar- Aurelian. Aurelian. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. They're the ones who make really good contracts. So if you were in Skull and Bones, you would have to like... They do divination using human and animal entrails, so you'd have to, like, dig through some human and animal bodies. Yeah, I don't want to do that Scroll, one. Scroll and Key uses portal magic. I do like that um, one. That sounds cool. Book and Snake does necromancy and bone conjuring. Yeah, that one was, like, talking to the dead. Wolf's Head is the shapeshifters. Yeah. Manuscript does mirror magic and glamours. That one was cool, but... I didn't like the people who were in it and how it was used. Yeah, that was kind of weird. Aurelian is logomancy, so divination through language. And St. Elmo's is elemental magic, storm calling. And Brazilius is chemistry. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I would want to do scroll and key. Oh, really? Yeah. I would want to do the portal mag- magic and being able to just, like, hop around. Yeah, but they were the ones who, like, they were the ones who were, like, um, we're going to do anything at any cost to, like, their magic didn't work. It was, like, right? Yeah, but he killed Tara for St. Elmo's. I know, but, like... They were trying to make theirs stronger. They were the ones who were working with Tara to get, like, the little, uh, like, portal tabs that you just take and you could 
pop around to small places. Yeah. I guess that would be cool. It would be cool to be able to just, like, portal in and out of places all over the world. That sounds really cool. But, honestly, none of the secret societies had good people no. in them. I would want to be in Lethe. Lethe seems like it would be the coolest. Yeah, because you get, like, a whole apartment and, like, a sidekick. Yeah, it's very small, though. Like, the apartment? No, the group. There's only four people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. That, that, I would love it. That sounds awesome. Are you serious? Yeah. I feel like I would get a little lonely. I feel like there should be one person every year. Well, so Lethe is cool because it's like you and your person. So like you as the Dante, then them as the Virgil, and then you as the Virgil, and you have your own Dante. And the Oculus is also your bestie. Plus, everybody at all of the secret societies knows and tolerates you. Probably loves you. But at least knows you. That's fair. All right. You get to go to all of the rituals. <laughs> you get to meet all the notable alumni. <laughs> Why are you selling me on Lethe <laughs> Because we're going to join together. <laughs> I don't think... You already said you would be Oculus. <laughs> okay, so are you going to be Virgil? Are you going to... You know what? I guess I would have to be Dante first. <laughs> <laughs> I think that you would be Darlington. <laughs> But yeah, but Darlington was a Dante. That's true. Was With, like, Michelle Almondine or whatever her name is. Yeah, and I thought that she was going to, like, say something about the ritual when after the ritual she told Alex that she worked at this place or whatever. Yeah. I was like, oh, does Alex need to go there and find out something that's actually happening that she wasn't aware of? And then it, nothing happened with it. Okay, I've got another question for you. It's not really a question as <clears throat> so much as like a statement. Oh, I love those. This person says, haven't been to Yale and probably won't. And won't is capitalized. Those who are familiar with the surrounding would probably get more out of the book. Like you, I would have loved, like, I don't know who he's talking about. I would have loved more about the grays and the history of the houses. No. I am not invested. I disagree. I I felt like we Go got read enough. read a textbook. Yeah, I got enough about the grays. Yeah. I got... We got so much history about the houses. Are you kidding? We spent so much time talking about them. I disagree with this person. And also, you know what? I, I would like to know how that one gray in the monarch and, like, the butterfly garden, how did that one gray attacker how was he able to do that i'm not really sure but i hope that that'll be explained in the next book this is part of a five book series i heard oh that's so many books i know i'm so excited i mean i'm excited because i enjoyed it but i'm not excited because that's so many books i know so i borrowed these from a um a book club that I'm in on discord nice that is called um the I think it's called the bibliophiles book club oh fun and sorry if I'm leaving anybody out but um Mary and Kelly and C um posted these discussion questions and had a lot of thoughts here in the discord for the bibliophiles book club which is also on reddit if you want to look for that subreddit cool um 
Yeah, and they had some really good questions. <clears throat> so I wanted to um, steal a couple. Okay, here's a good one. Just like a softball to kind of throw out. Okay. What was your favorite quote from the book? Ooh, there's so many good lines in this. Um, but the one that I think of, like, I have thought of it for like, since I finished the book. Actually, since I read that part. It's when mm-hmm. she is confronting... I don't remember her name. Alex is confronting her and um, the girl is like, you can't just do that. And Alex is like, I'm sure you've met a lot of people who just can't, but I can. I was yeah, like, I loved that. that's so I good. Know. I think I texted you about that and was like on page, blah, blah, blah. Yes. And yeah, I got I to that. it and I was like, oh my God, it's so good. That was a really good one. I also, I highlighted one um, and I took a screenshot of a couple others. So one of mine is um, the purest Marxists are always men. Calamity comes too easily to women. Our lives can come apart in a single gesture, a rogue wave and money. Money is the rock we cling to when the current would seize us. I'm like, that is really good. That is. There were so many good little lines. Okay. Here's another one of mine. Um, he didn't know how precious a normal life could be, how easy it was to drift away from average. You started sleeping until noon, skipped one class, one day of school, lost one job, then another, forgot the way that normal people did things. You lost the language of ordinary life. And then, without meaning to, you crossed into a country from which you couldn't return. You lived in a state where the ground always seemed to be slipping from beneath your feet with no way back to someplace solid. That is an incredible quote. because. Yeah. It is like that resonates with me so much because it takes so much effort to just get by that it takes so little for everything to to suddenly without really seeming like anything happens for everything to be gone. Yes. And that's such like a specific feeling that I don't feel like is portrayed in media very often. And so when it when that quote popped up in this book, I was like, whoa, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. The other part that, like, really got to me was when she was in the hutch and she was, um, like, wallowing after the attack and everything. And then her mom and Mercy come and her mom starts, like, cleaning up. And it's described as, like, the pinprick of shame as she tries to say... Like, you don't have to do that. You don't have to clean up. Because it was the first time that she's seen, like, the filth she was living in. And, like, that, like, made my skin crawl. Because I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. There's just so much relatable in this. Yeah. And, like, Alex is, like, pretty much every time that she talks about the way that she has clung to life being a survivor. And um, the way you get through the bad stuff is just... Sometimes you just got to let it wash over you. You just have yeah. to let it happen. And then later on, she also says, but sometimes that's the way that you get through the good stuff too. You just let it wash over you. And I was like, oh yeah. my God, Alex was so good. Yeah, seriously. This whole book was so good. It was. See, see, I know, but I told you I got too bogged down trying to keep track of the societies. It, it made it hard for me to keep track of, the good bits. I did like this book. I liked a lot of it. The characters were so good. The story was really solid. 
Um, the pacing was good. Yeah, it was all really good. I thought it was a really good job. The way that she um, had Darlington as a character, even though we had never met him. Yes, and he was like, we in like, yeah, you're right. In like present day, we don't know non-demon Darlington. Yeah, we only know, we only know who Darlington is from flashbacks and memories. Yeah, and what's really cool is like the flashbacks are all from his perspective. Yeah. Now I did listen to the audiobook very briefly, um, and then remembered that I don't like audiobooks. Mm-hmm. But um, there was a like a woman reading Alex's chapters and a man reading Darlington's chapters, which I thought was nice. Yes, I also liked that because on my ride home I was falling behind, and so I read, I listened to the, um, I listened to the audiobook, uh, and. They talk really slow, so it ended up being faster for me to just read it. Oh, I just turned it on double speed. Oh, I should have done that. But sometimes I'm worried that they are going to sound too chipmunky. There's like a sweet spot. Yeah. So, um, but I did like that they had a guy reading for Darlington. Just because mm-hmm. I imagined like trying to do a deeper voice for Darlington. And I was like, ah, I don't know if I like that. Right. But it was nice having him, having a guy read it. He did feel, like, very present. Mm-hmm. Which is why I think we missed him so much, because he's missing at the, like, when the book opens, you know? Yeah. So I thought it was really well done to weave him in through the story like that. And keep him involved, even though he's not. It was a great way yeah. to reveal information as you're reading. I agree. And like, um, it gives us so much of a, I feel like a better perspective on this whole world Mm -hmm. because Alex is coming into it as an outsider who sort of resents it, but Darlington is coming into it kind of as an outsider, but as someone who is like very interested and like reverent of it, Yeah, you know, which is totally different. Yeah. He's wanted to be involved in this every step of the way he's wanted it to be real so bad his whole life i still remember at the beginning of the book when we first are like introduced to the grays um Mm -hmm. in the theater and alex is like talking mentally about how they look and like what they're doing and she brings up how she um, she was really proud for the first time that she could see Grays because it was something she could do that Darlington couldn't. Yeah. And that was like a great introduction to both of their characters. Like that one line tells you so much about who they are, how they interact with each other, how they feel about each other. Yeah. And like introduces a lot of the major themes of the whole book Mm -hmm. do you want an amazon review we haven't done an amazon review in a while well we did one last week this is from boris this is an amazon review from boris and it is one star oh no boris i know this is only the second fiction book i have ever read (laughs) 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 
<laughs> Boris, I didn't mean to laugh so hard. I just, I just tried to imagine Boris as a small child. <laughs> all of his books oh, no. about Boris trains. Boris is a grown man. <laughs> all of his books about trains are very factual. <laughs> I imagine him getting confused because if this is a grown man who usually reads nonfiction, um, then maybe he started this and thought it was nonfiction. Oh, a book about Yale. Ooh, the secret then, societies of Yale. Yeah, a book about the secret societies of Yale. And then was like, oh, I don't, I don't know enough about no. the secret societies yeah. of Yale, but <laughs> <laughs> this doesn't seem right. <laughs> so Boris says, this is only the second fiction book I've ever read. I should have read all of the one star reviews first. Pay attention to them. We did. We listened. We read one. I kept falling asleep. Gory. <laughs> I'm like, when he was reading the reviews? No, when he was reading the book. Oh, okay. Because just in general, you're supposed to fall asleep, Boris. <laughs> Gory, jumpy, more like she was trying way too hard to be avant-garde. I did not make it very far before it hit the trash. More plot would have been nice. There's a lot of plot. There's a lot of plot, Boris. <laughs> I was just talking about how it had me spin it. There's a lot of plot. If she insists on droning on and on with her overdone descriptions, at least move the plot along at the same time. I really don't see any point in pointing out examples because as soon as you start reading the book, they are nonstop. Um, description? That is generally needed in books, so we know what's going on, Boris, but... I feel like it. Yeah. Maybe, you know, I don't read a lot of nonfiction. Maybe nonfiction doesn't have description. (laughs) Um, Here's another, these are funny. Here's another one-star review. 11 people found that helpful. Just want to point that out. Oh, okay. All right. Um, This one, this one-star review is from Angus. Ooh, Angus. Angus says, what is this? A book? (laughs) It's a story. Some would say Um, a novel. And and, uh, the title is Not Fantasy. Hmm. (laughs) I think Angus and Boris had the same issue. (laughs) They don't know enough about Yale secret societies to say that the prognostication didn't happen. (laughs) <laughs> it seems like it could. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, um, I'm with them on that. I I could see that happening for real. Fair, but there was a hell beast. They didn't get that far. Oh, that's right. They didn't, so yeah. Oh, so he. But yeah, you know, so, early on, there's ghosts, the Greys, who are watching. Yeah, there are ghosts. So mm. yeah. Yeah. And right. the hell beast is trying to get in. That's true. Could be an earthquake. The, I guess it could. <laughs> This one says, don't ever read Six of Crows. <laughs> it's a different book. <laughs> it's a different book. Um, <laughs> um, this one is from Elizabeth. Elizabeth said, let trees live instead of printing more of these books. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one, Elizabeth. I like that. That is actually a good one. I feel like, I feel like this is what Atlas Six wanted to be. I 100% agree with that. This did Atlas 6 better than Atlas 6 did. Yeah. Like, specifically, anytime she was looking for information in their library, (laughs) I just kept remembering. I just kept remembering (laughs) 
the crowd surfing book. Crowd surfing books. Yeah, which <laughs> made no sense. <laughs> um, so I was like, I was like, oh, that's so much smarter to write it into a magic book, put it back in, and the library just spits out everything that's relevant. Yeah, in a room for you. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah, so um, here are a couple really short. These are like um, like four or five really short one-star reviews. Are you ready? Okay, I'm ready. Rapid fire. This one, this one's called Didn't Care For It. Okay. And the review is, unfortunately, I didn't care for this book. <laughs> I, love, I, I love an upfront, succinct, yeah. honest review. <laughs> this one is called Boring. And the review is, never finished the book. I'm going to be honest. These sound like um, book reviews from The Sims. (laughs) (laughs) This one is called, especially this one. This one's called, first chapter was all I could bear. Life is too short to spend it in bleakness. (laughs) Someone needs to check on this person. (laughs) Two people found it helpful. (laughs) I'm going to be honest. The first chapter was so interesting. That's what I thought, too. All these people who were like, it's slow, it doesn't get good till 35%. I was like, it got good on page nine. Yeah. Literally, I looked at the page, I was like, page nine, I was like, oh, what is this book? Okay. So, it was, it was good and interesting until about page 20. And then it started to slow down because we were getting a lot more information about the world, some little background information, all that stuff. And then around page 100, it takes off again. So it is slow in those 70 pages. You're still getting information. It's just not quite as interesting as cutting a guy open or finding a dead body. That's true. Yeah. But once you hit page 100, and then it's, it's pretty consistent all the way through. That's what I thought, too. I thought it was pretty consistently interesting. But Yeah. It was kind of like a, like, like a little roller coaster up and down on... On the interest scale. <laughs> yeah, on the interest scale. You're right. You're right. <laughs> what did you read? Okay, you ready for the last three? I think so. <laughs> um, this one is called Ninth House, and the review is, hated it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> this, one, <laughs> this one is called Book. <laughs> this is, when I received the book, four or five pages were folded in half. I was disappointed. <laughs> just unfold them pat yeah you know they're not ruined they got a little crease in them it's character just yeah just unfold them and then um by far the best one is a one-star review from linda that says the the title of it is my wife hates the author with three exclamation points (laughs) (laughs) and then it says we cannot figure out why Oh, we've got a new mystery. <laughs> mystery to solve. Um, why does Linda's wife hate the, book, the author? It's going right up there with why does Elliot Page hate the name Rose? <laughs> oh, man. I guess we'll never know. 
I'm not going to read any uh, five-star reviews because they're just not funny, I feel like. No, they're probably going to be like, the world building was so good. These characters were amazing. And I'm like, we already said that. It's full of a, like, I'm just like scrolling through the reviews. It's full of a bunch of people who went to Yale. Ew. I know, right? Boo, this isn't about you. You went to Yale. (laughs) Fuck you. Okay, so now it's time for a staple of our, what has become a staple of our um, podcast. Yeah. Which is great because now it's time, it's, we're getting into the gift giving season. Um, and we are here to tell you what to get for the Ninth House fan in your life. <gasps> Ooh. So let's talk about some of the things that you could get for someone who loves Ninth House. I think most obviously a ninth house you have to get them eight first yeah unless they already have one yeah and then, then you only have to get them seven one. and then a ninth yeah. yeah um you could also get them a tomb oh yes <laughs> you could get them a tomb mm-hmm. or um a ghost <gasps> a ghost a little buddy and if you could get the ghost to also possess them then a little bit more to the gift yeah that would be fun you could also you could also murder someone for them. <laughs> oh, give them a murder to solve. That is great. That oh, is I a was, really good gift. I was going murder someone for them and create a nexus spot for them. Oh, wow. Okay, so this is for the very special someone in your life. <laughs> Devour someone's soul to create a nexus spot. Yeah, and you know what? Then you two can go on adventures together at your nexus spot. You're both going to have... That's true. You'll be able to do rituals together. You can start your own secret society. Oh, my gosh. There's so many levels to this. I I think this might be... That's a good gift. Yeah, that would be a really that, good I gift. might get you that. Oh. Well. Well, now yeah. you can't. You just put it on the internet. I know. I just ruined it. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well. Um, yeah. So, so there are so many things. Oh, you could get them... If there's a tattoo they don't like, you can get them one of the moths. <gasps> To suck all the ink <clears throat> out. That's true. And then you have a drunk moth. So it's like a win-win. Yeah. You could it's put like a it, gift that keeps on giving. Yeah, you could put it in one of those little, like, glass jars. Uh-huh. So you could just see it drunkenly drunk. yeah, <laughs> flapping around. <laughs> well, but if you were ever like, you know what? I kind of miss that tattoo. Just slap that moth back on. Yeah. Or lick it. <laughs> in the unlikely event that you can't get any of these gifts for that special ninth house um fan in your life we have gone on to etsy just to see see what's what up on etsy um you could get them a candle oh stop it there is a leafy house candle what's it smell like smoke oh um (laughs) what's it smell like smoke (laughs) i mean i guess in that all candles smell like smoke (laughs) So it, it is called Leafy House. So this is how uh, Leafy House, I guess, is supposed to smell. Salt? Um, <laughs> not salt, but you're kind of weirdly close. Sage? How is sage close to salt? <laughs> I don't. It's two of the same letters. <laughs> no, I don't mean. I don't mean word wise. Like, why would I give a hint like that? That's a terrible hint. <laughs> It has two of the same letters, and I just say, oh, you're just kind of similar. Like, no. Pepper? Yes. Whoa. Yeah, black pepper is one of them. <clears throat> okay. So it smells like black pepper. 
Uh, I might get this candle. It actually sounds like it smells good. <laughs> tea? No. Does anybody drink tea in the whole thing? No, Bell Bomb does. Oh, yeah. Oh, she makes that eggnog thing. I want eggnog so bad. It's for okay. sale. <laughs> <laughs> it's not display only. <laughs> I mean, it's out in stores. <laughs> You know how typically you go into a place and the eggnog is display only? Right now, right now it's for sale. For a limited time only. Just for the holiday season, our eggnog is no longer display only. It's always very disappointing when it's that last week of January and they've, and they've just... Switched it to display. <laughs> you gotta open the cooler and it won't. You can't open it. <laughs> and then you see the little sticker, this universal human experience of seeing the little sticker that says display only. <laughs> and then you go, oh no. I missed it. I missed eggnog season <laughs> for sale. Eggnog season. This now happens every the, year. I the forget other nine this months of last the year. week of January. <laughs> now it's back to display only. <laughs> All right, let's get back on track with this candle. All right, so it smells like pepper and um, <laughs> vanilla. No, honey. I really want you to think about what leafy would smell like. It was like. Warm. What? <laughs> That's what she said every time she went in. It was warm. Okay. Well, the candle's warm. Because there's fire. No, you're never going to guess it. It's oud wood. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh-huh. Oud wood are wood chips that are used for special occasions like weddings and family celebrations. Um, it's like, um, sort of burned like incense. Interesting. Okay. How many other things are in this candle? Just one more. Thank it's you. your favorite. It's your favorite candle ingredient. Vanilla. Or candle scent, I guess. Vanilla. No. Smoke. No. You already guessed smoke. Quit guessing smoke. <laughs> <laughs> Can I have the first letter? A. Air. <laughs> Why did you think that that would be the right answer? <laughs> I said it so confidently, too. You really did. <laughs> well, because normally I get so annoyed when the thing is like wind or... It, it is something that actually, like, you could smell, I guess. You don't think you can smell it. That's that's why you you always say that whenever this is an ingredient. I can't think of anything that would start with A that you put in a candle. Apples, but you can smell apples. <laughs> Amber. Amber. Mm-hmm. You're right. I don't think you can smell that. It's it's a rock. You guys need to <clears throat> please write into the show and tell us what amber smells like. Yes, please. I would love that. Oh, here's one. Oh, man. Here's another one. Who's got a candle? This one is called Memento Mori. For what? It, it says, Memento Mori, the inevitability of death, 
or in the case of Ninth House, remembrances of death to scare the ghosts away. Oh, yeah, that's like when she throws bone dust and graveyard oh, dirt. Oh, yeah. So this candle is a memento mori, so it's supposed to remind the dead that they're of death or that they are dead. Okay. So what do you think are scents, because there are three of them, um, that would, that, that encompass remembrances of death to scare ghosts away? Ash. No. Dang. I was really confident on that one. Smoke, ash, <laughs> air. It's like, I'm going to make you a candle. That's, those are the scents. Smoke, <laughs> ash, and air. Well, I was going to say smoke next. <laughs> <laughs> of course you were. I'll give you a hint. Amber is not one of these either. Okay. Or vanilla. <laughs> oh. Salt? No. Uh, is there like a wood? Um, No. Sage? No. What could be in this candle? This is by Flickerwicks. Okay. And so Flickerwicks gives you a scent profile that tells you what all the scents are and then says it's reminiscent of a Girl Scout cookie. Mint. Yes. Peppermint cream. Okay. Sugar. What? <laughs> <laughs> what Girl Scout cookie are you thinking of? This shortbread one. <laughs> are you serious? Why did you say mint then if you're thinking well of i was thinking of thin one. mints first i thought there were different girl scout cookies put all together no it says it reminds you of a specific girl scout cookie oh you said mint and then you said sugar <laughs> instead of like the logical next thing chocolate no also no <laughs> that's the logical next thing but that's not correct it's sort of correct mocha in that no well sort of okay coffee. so coffee is one yeah coffee is one and peppermint cream is one, and dark chocolate is the third, but it is not what they call it on the candle. Cacao. <laughs> no. <laughs> you are never going to guess it, so I'm just going to tell you what the three scents are in this candle. Okay. <laughs> I was really trying okay. to think of another word for dark chocolate. <laughs> no. Um, Memento Mori is the candle, and the three scents are coffee, peppermint cream, and death words. That's that's not a scent. That is not a scent. You can't use death words as a scent. Well, it smells like dark chocolate. <laughs> then say dark chocolate. Then your word, then so your smell would be dark chocolate. Your your smell cannot be death words. That would be breath. Your your word your candle smells like breath. <laughs> Oh, here's one. It does sound like a pretty that good candle, actually. This candle is called Galaxy. Ooh, Alex. Are any of my usuals in it? Um, I think you're gonna get one of these. Smoke, possibly. No, not not. It's not any of your usuals, but I think you are capable of guessing one of the four. There's four. There's four, and only two of them can be smelled. So stardust. Good luck. No. <laughs> no. Um, nighttime. <laughs> no, but you're getting closer, <laughs> totally, to be totally honest. Darkness. Uh, closer still. <laughs> Ember? Black? Uh, <laughs> no. Well, sort of. The word black is in it. Blackwood. <laughs> black magic. Uh-huh, black magic is one of them. Okay. I'm surprised that you got that one first out of the t out of the four and two of them are actual scents. <laughs> you did get the scent of black magic. 
I'm moving on up. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, maybe this candle just gets you because you did used to guess like air, smoke, salt. <laughs> okay, so those three are not in it. No, black magic is the one I thought you might get. The other one is one you will definitely not ever get. And then there are two that are actual scents. Uh, amber? No, but almost close. <laughs> Apple. Yes. <laughs> so you have apples and black magic. So who knows what the fuck this smells like. <laughs> um, what, what's the first letter of it? B. Bubblegum. You think it's apples, black magic, and bubblegum? Bourbon. It is bourbon. Okay. So apples, bourbon, black magic, and do you want to hear the fourth one? Death. Ghosts. Butterscotch? Human sacrifice. Uh, ew. Yeah, I know. It's not a candle I would like to buy. No, that's... You took that one too far. Um, this one, this will be our final candle, and then we'll go into our review because we're running out of time. <clears throat> All right, cool. This one is called the Library of Leafy. Cool. Smells like dust? No. <laughs> Old books. Yes. <laughs> was that one spot on? Literally. Yes, exactly. Yes! Old books. <laughs> uh, magic. This is the one that's three words. Three words? Mm-hmm. Well, the last one's magic, so you only have to guess two. Really old magic. <laughs> old books. Really old magic. <laughs> There's a theme. No. <laughs> secret society magic. <laughs> it is secret society magic. Okay. Okay, so you've got old books and secret society magic. And then one thing that you actually can smell. Orange blossoms. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is fair. a true victory for me. <laughs> so the library of Lethe, this person thinks, smells like orange blossoms, old books, and secret society magic. What do you think it smells like? Smoke. Smoke, dust, dust and air. <laughs> um, and coffee. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it would um, smell like um, like Earl Grey and, um, yeah, old books mm-hmm. and, like, leather. Yeah. And wood. I would put a wood in. Or maybe, maybe like, cognac. Ooh. Um, okay, well, I'm definitely buying you one of these candles. <laughs> <laughs> the one that has human sacrifice. Oh, um, okay, you ready to write a review? I am. All right, what are you thinking? I'm thinking four stars. All right, you ready? I'm ready. What is our final review? Ninth House was an incredible book. Since you made me give it four stars, I just want to start with that. <laughs> okay, that's fair. The story was very grounded and felt very real, which is saying a lot because it's a fantasy novel. The fantasy elements felt very natural and realistic in the narrative. There were a lot of characters, flashbacks, and side plots, which could get a little confusing, but wasn't too bad. The best part of this book is Alex. Okay, and Darlington. Alex is a protagonist who is flawed and knows it, doesn't try to be not like other girls because all she wants is to be like other girls, and just wants to do the right thing. She felt extremely real and whole. The ending felt simultaneously rushed and too slow. There were two major reveals right after the other, which felt like the book ended and then ended again. Yeah. But so many loose ends were still remaining that there wasn't a very satisfying wrap-up. Did you say that's fair? Yeah. Overall, would read again and would recommend. Zero spicy peppers, but a content warning for sexual assault. Yeah. There was a lot of sexual assault. I thought the one would be it in the butterfly garden, but then there Mm -hmm. were like 
at least two more. And then the implied one with Heli with that guy. We have 12 books on our red shelf. It's all of the Throne of Glass series and Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Oh, we only read the first which, one. <laughs> which we gave five stars. <laughs> it's our only five-star book. <laughs> no, actually, we have a second five-star book, The Hunger Games. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how that happened. And then we have the Alice Six. These Violent Delights, and House of Salt and Sorrows. Nice. We're really moving on through. So what are we reading next? I kind of want to read Akatar, A Court of Thorn and Roses. All right, let's do it. It's the holiday season. Time for some light reading. I have heard that it is just kind of a fun read. And so... That I am interested in, especially because the last two we read were pretty heavy. There was a lot going on in them. Yeah, I agree. Let's do a light, fun read. I don't know anything about it, except that there are fairies. So let's do it. I know there are fairies and that it's sexy. Okay, just what I wanted for Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) A little spice in your nutmeg. (laughs) (laughs) I saw I saw you immediately regret saying that, like as it was coming out of your mouth. And also I meant to say eggnog nut nutmeg. The nutmeg in your eggnog is what I wanted to say. Well anyway, on that horrific note, um <laughs> Look, you can only have eggnog so often. It's only for sale for about a month, so If you want to reach out to us, we would love to hear from you. If you have already read A Court of Thorn and Roses by Sarah J. Moss, um, let us know your thoughts, your opinions. How do you feel about it? Yeah. So if you, yeah, if you've got any thoughts on Akatar, I don't know if anybody would have any thoughts on Akatar, but you know, if they're out there and you do, um, tweet them at us at 3PBC underscore podcast or email us at 3PBC podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, we love to hear from you guys. And if you have enjoyed this episode, you know, send it along to a friend, pass it along, share us with as- a candle. Give them a candle. They'll be like, what is Leafy House? And be like, here's also a podcast episode that will spoil it for you. <laughs> yeah, kind of confuse you a lot, but maybe make you laugh once. <laughs> Yep, that's it. We love to hear from you. And we will see you in two weeks with Akatar. Happy reading! Bye.